Street Epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about Street Epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Solomon uh, from the Being Reasonable podcast, and I'm here with another SE review. And today we're reviewing one of uh, two of my segments, and we have a all-star lineup of of street epistemologists. Um, is that a word? Can you say street epistemologists? Uh, yeah. But we have yes, we can. <laughs> we have some we have uh, some some uh, terrific street epistemologists in the room. And uh, we can start with uh, the top right and uh, Reed, take it away. Uh, sure. Hi, I'm Reed uh, from Cordial Curiosity. Um, this is going to be a good one. Can't wait. Cool. And then, uh, hi, Dolly. <laughs> uh, hi there. Oh, I had to unmute. Uh, I'm juggling lessons. I, I do this on YouTube. I especially like doing it in the parks, especially when it's safe again. I did get shot in the arm today, so I'm happy. Uh, oh, and yeah. uh, and I also teach a lot of this on the Discord on the weekends. How are you feeling, by the way? Do you have any side effects? I have no. I have no symptoms that I can detect. It awesome. feels normal, like my other arm. And uh, awesome. uh, Kimberly, you. who got it, is feeling a little sore, so that's different. And Nathan, hey, hey, how's it going, man? I'm fired up today because uh, I recently went on a binge and listened to like nine episodes this week from Mark's podcast, and I'm incredibly impressed with yeah. your style of <laughs> SE, and um, I cannot recommend it enough. And so we're, I think we're, we have planned to listen to a couple of, well, at least one of my favorite segments of, of your podcast show, and I'm like really looking forward to listening to it again. Well, very kind words, Nathan. The first, the show that you picked was the first segment we're going to hear is a belief about dragons. And so, what happened was that I attended the, uh, I set up a booth at the Mind Body Spirit Expo in Raleigh, and I was right between uh, two booths. I was between there was a it was a Reiki booth that had that put rocks on top of people, and then and then every once in a while they hit a symbol around people so that if you hear a symbol that's why and then i was the other side is it reiki or reiki i pronounce reiki. potato reiki. potato yeah reiki. i don't know reiki 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 reiki, reiki. Yeah. reiki. 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 like and on, reiki. The other, on the other side of me was uh this high-tech uh gizmo that read people's retinas and can tell what your personality was like or past lives were like i'm not sure <laughs> yeah so I, I was i felt like the oddball there and that's the first time I've ever did that because usually when I do, oh, that's so awesome. Usually when I do podcasts, I invite people on the show. This is the first time I went kind of to a a novel environment and just had people, you know, pony up, sidle up to to the table. So it was, it, and that's more what you guys do. So I think that that was uh, uh, it was really kind of a cool experience to, to do that. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, we. Uh, um, so the first one is about. Uh, so I, I picked these two segments because. Well, honestly, most of the segments, most of the people I talked to at the Mind Body Spirit Expo, um, they, it was hard to. <laughs> what, are it you, was, what are you doing? Was that? Uh, what is that? Got two rakes. A rake, reiki. Oh, reiki. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, we're God. doing reiki segment. Oh, God. All right, reiki. Yeah, that's fun. 
the, uh, the, the both, well, most of the people I talked to, there was, um, it was often difficult to get, you know, I think if you're starting off street, doing street epistemology, important lesson to learn is that if you can't get past the subjective versus the objective truth stuff, it's really not going to do you too much good to get to the other things because you're always going to kind of be circling back. And there was a lot of that going on at the, I don't know if it's just, it was the kind of person that the mind, body, spirit expo attracted or not, but it was definitely the kind of person who sat down at my table. So uh, I thought they, these two segments kind of had some similarities in that style. Gotcha. All right, let's get into the podcast. Here we go. If you want to make a comment, just uh, start talking and I'll pause it or wave. Here we go. Yeah, so the, f the first belief is just, uh, I, f I forgot the gentleman's name, but he uh, just ha he sat down and wanted to talk about his belief about dragons that exist today. Okay, here we go. I believe that dragons existed and do exist to this day. Okay. And I believe they've been an integral part of every culture throughout history. That's interesting. I haven't heard that one. Okay, so you believe that dragons exist, exist, exist now and have existed in the past. On a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that this belief is true? Seven being the highest? Mm -hmm. Seven. And on a scale from one to seven, how important is it for you to believe in things that are true? Well, I guess that would depend on what you mean by true, because there's very few actual truths in this universe. There's very few oh, yeah, actual universes. Yep, yep. Okay, first of all, <clears throat> it's awesome that you have your own style of scale. I, I, It's so awesome how everybody's got their own way to imagine what the scale is. And you're doing it through this lens of like a psychologist or a psych, uh, psychiatrist? Yes. Psychologist, yeah. Psychologist. Well, and so I, I use the scale because one to seven has a midpoint. That's it. That's Four. right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I love seven point right. Likert scales. They're my favorite. The Likert scale, right. But, yeah. And then also, one thing I noticed that you do uh, regularly that it, so and it, I'm so impressed by it that I think that I'm going to change my style permanently uh, to adopt something that you're doing, which is um, immediately following up with the of the belief with how much they want to believe in true things. Is what was the second question again exactly word for word or how yeah. important is it for you to believe in true things or what was yeah, how it exactly? important is it for you to believe in true things? And I think I lifted that from somewhere. Was it from you, Reed? <laughs> uh, or maybe it was you, Dolly. Uh, so that's essentially this. number... Oh, I totally, no? I've, I've totally ripped that off of several people. I, that, that's so, okay. so not my thing. I just don't want to take credit for it because I know I ripped it off from somebody. I, I, have, <laughs> I have plagiarized that fair and square. I, okay. Yeah, I've asked, I've asked it you know, at some points in my conversations, but never at the beginning, just with the confidence scale right next to it. But oh, really? yeah, this is great. Yeah. I think when they're that close together, like that it does paint a, a picture in the mind that the belief is about something that's either true or not true and if and and hardly ever has anyone given you anything that's a low number everyone's always like seven to that like they care whether or not it's true it seems and then as we go along 
there are certain things we hear or that I seem to hear that counter what would be something I would hear somebody who gives a seven say, um, or just things to ask questions about um, that could that could help us understand whether or not they're actually at a seven. Maybe they're not at a seven. Maybe they think they're at a seven, but they have some, some ways of thinking about it that changes the belief from being something that can be considered true or not. Maybe it's a subjective thing. And so just the style that you, that you do, I just really love it. Thanks, man. That's really, thank you. <laughs> All right, let's go hear some more. So laws that are true as true as based on a perspective reality, it can be distorted in any direction. Well, let me, uh, you already immediately conflating perspective and reality with the word perspective reality. That's, that's interesting. Here's an example. Yeah. Then when you walk by here, there's that big tub of popcorn over there. There is either an even or odd number of kernels in that popcorn tub. I might not know the answer. You might not know the answer, but there's an answer there. And I might believe there's an even number of popcorn kernels. You might believe there's an odd number of popcorn kernels. But when I'm thinking of, is it something true that the answer is the answer? And it doesn't matter what we believe. It doesn't matter. I could argue that there's an even number. You can argue that there's an odd number. It just is what it is. That's what I think about when I think about something that's true. Well, I can honestly say that I spend a lot of my time to dispel false realities. So your definition of true would be everything I seek. So it would be very important for my belief to be held true. How do you know that your belief is true? From what I've experienced and from studying ancient cultures throughout history, seeing the symbolism of the dragon, listening to the, the, the mythos of the dragon, the stories, every religion, just it's, it's all pervasive across history. So I take that into account because if a million people say there's an even number of popcorn kernels, then most likely there's an even number of popcorn kernels. Really? Okay. That's well, number three on the survey. <laughs> it's funny because I can identify each number on the survey, like <laughs> as I hear it. You're oh, getting, you're gonna get really good at that. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So right, right here, you I think there's put a, so much effort into that thing. I, I love what's become what it's become. What's that? The, the survey. Oh, the survey. The survey. The twenty-four question survey about epistemology. No, 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 that's... And you start with number 18, basically. You say, how important is it for you to believe in true things? That's number 18. The most important criteria for my beliefs is that they match reality. There's different right. ways we can point to it. And the survey is just made because these things come up time and time again, over and over. Exactly. And you're really good at 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 uh, figuring out how do you apply the questioning to, depending on the type of epistemology being used in relation to that survey. Well, yeah. it's interesting. I think, you know, I do, it's hard to know why I do certain things, why I do it with certain people, but there was a decision point there. And, and tell me if I'm wrong, but maybe sort of like straight up by the book, like a street to do street epistemology, I would need to at that point really to go into 
to really kind of test what would make you less confident about the belief. And I didn't really do that. I don't know mm, if you guys not yet. think about that. You don't think so? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I hold the hypotheticals until well after, until the almost the last thing. Okay, cool. Don't you ask though? Uh, well, we'll get to it at some point, but I think you do ask. Like, um, I'm not saying that the belief is false, but if it were yeah. false, and then you follow up with a question like that, and that to me, that's a, a disconfirmation question, right? Right. right. Um, or the right. nature of the question is about disconfirmation criteria, and so long as that's in there, I think you're that that's a, a very essential element of an SE conversation, and I think that you do a pretty good job doing that. Right, and I think what I've with with the new ones I've done, I think I've taken kind of what Reed told me the last time to home in the sense that I haven't been using like what will make you less confident about the belief, and I'm kind of used to saying what would make you like more like not believe the belief and make it more black and white. You know what I mean? And I think um, I'm just keeping that in my mind when I go forward. But yeah, cool. Let's go. Yep, yep. All right. Also, just from my experience and understanding. For an example, throughout thousands of years of humans living on Earth, I think it could be said that up until relatively recently, humans believed that the sun rotated around the Earth. A lot of people believed it. And still to this day, some do. <laughs> so what does the number of people who believe in something have to do with that thing being true. I guess there's many different ways to answer that question. I mean, if you're if you're a walker of a spiritual path, there's a good chance that your path believes that if your will and your intent believes in something strong enough. Yeah. Did you wave, Martin? Yeah. yeah. Oh no no no! I was just that's number ten. That's number what ten was? on the survey, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> number of people believing in something. It's great. Uh, it's so good. Yes. Cool, cool. All right, we'll keep going. If you make your own reality, you can make it to be true. And if enough people believe something to be true, it can be created. So um, if enough people believe that the sun circles the earth, then that is true. Uh, how do you, I guess my question would be is, I don't know whether the sun circles the earth or I don't know whether the earth circles the sun. I know what scientists tell me, but I've never been up in space. I don't know because I don't believe anything wow. anybody tells me. I believe what I believe from my direct experience. Doctors tell me you get the flu from a virus. I'm not a doctor. I've never seen a virus. I don't know that I believe oh, what oh they tell me because I don't trust them, but I've never had direct experience to tell me one way or the other. So I'm a man of possibilities. I'm a man that until something is proven right or wrong to me in my reality, I have to concede that it may be a possibility. So. Wow. <laughs> this is so beautiful. Yeah. It's like, I hope that other people that, listen and are critical to street epistemology listen to this to this interview here and you may see the kind of it's like an outsider test for our position 
for number 10 on the survey and for objective truth and how we come to know things. If you don't believe in dragons, and this guy does, um, and I commend him for his bravery in talking about his beliefs, by the way. I don't mean any disrespect. I'm only saying this is, this is a, a wonderful outsider test for people who are critical of street epistemology to listen to mm. this interview in the way that we're the way that we're asking questions and treating them hopefully just as fairly as we would treat any any other belief um oh yeah that's all yeah, I'm beautiful. Saying. oh yeah yeah beautiful that's so a good far point, nathan that's a good point yeah that i uh i just actually i thought it was kind of cool because you know people plunk down in your chair you don't know what they're gonna say and i believe in dragons well that's that's cool that's novel that's I, a great one. <clears throat> i've heard that one that's before great but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would I would immediately clarify what is a dragon and and or what's the best example of a dragon existing? Right, because like maybe after sure, the fact sure. is like, well, what I really right. meant was dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. making an assumption that I yeah that dragons are something. Yeah, he did say so far. It seems the reason exists. is because of mention in literature. Is that right? Yeah, but he Part says the that they exist. They exist now. Yeah, they exist now. Right. And I made, and actually made another assumption that with my Earth circling the Sun or Sun circling the Earth, I don't think he, that's a con, he concluded he's that's conclusive for him. And I right. And that became more clear as time goes on. Like I was making an assumption, like, well, of course you believe that, but well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Are we gonna have to add flat Earth to the Tic Tac test? What do you mean? To like the Tic Tac test and the Ferrari test. Is that going to become a future thing? Are we going to have to have a flat earth test? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe. All right, well, let's keep going. All right. Back to my example. If someone believes that the sun circles the earth and they really believe it because when you look outside, the direct experiences is that it, it seems like that. So that's then true. I guess. Because it's like a lot of people had this thing with good and bad, and true it goes with good and bad. Well, what's good and bad? You know, really, what is good and bad? It's up to your perspective, reality, what you deem good or what the collective as a whole deems good or what, you know what I mean? But in reality, really, what is good and bad? It's easy to get thrown really off in these kind of things here. This is where it's really easy to wow. get thrown off because someone you're talking about one thing and he's not really – when someone doesn't answer your question yeah. directly and he's talking about good and bad, it's easy to yeah. go down that rabbit hole when that's not really where we are. That's how it I It seems like he's defining truth. Uh, true things are that which are good. So maybe he has yeah. a utilitarian truth. I don't know. I but let's keep listening. Maybe he'll tell yeah. us. Maybe just maybe you'll ask him. Descriptive versus normative claims all in the same. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I have an answer. It's, it, it's all our perspective. And each and every one of us is our own little perspective reality. We're a million different worlds in this room, right? Well, a thousand different worlds in this room right now because there's a thousand different people. But each person is your own little perspective reality. So, it, and that's, that's, that's my terms that I think in. I don't necessarily think in terms of true or good, bad, hot or cold. I think in terms of what the way it really is, you know? And to use what you're true? discussing, what I think what I'm talking about is let's say somebody thinks that popcorn is bad. 
and somebody thinks that popcorn is good. Or the even of even numbers yeah. of popcorn is good, odd numbers is bad, something like that. Yeah. 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 And that's the perception. Yeah. And I'm just trying to when I think about truth, I'm really trying to discuss can we agree that there's popcorn? Yeah. Is that what is is really about truths, right? Mm -hmm. So a few truths that I hold near and dear that because I, I like to test the truth is energy can neither be created nor destroyed. You know, Newtonian laws, energy in motion tends to stay in motion unless otherwise enacted upon by an outside force, in which case it's uh, kinetic energy. And when the resistance is left, the energy remains in motion. It's energy has to stay in motion. Those are the universal truths. So when you're talking about something like the second law of thermodynamics, how do we know that that is true? You can see it in everything. There's, there's nothing you can't water. When you, when you dam up, you can dam up a small stream. Well, how do we know, like, how does humanity know that that principle is true? Observation. We're able to test, make a test. Right. We're able to do experiments or something and find out that that is a universal truth. Basically, yeah, observation isn't the equivalent of tests. It's like obser observing the results of tests. And yeah, you can get good results to demonstrate that principle, yeah. Constantly reminding the, con uh, the conversation partner that we're trying to figure out whether or not this thing that we're speaking about is objective or not. And I keep hearing you come back to, is this objective or is this real? And constantly driving home that question, I think is really important. And you do a good job at keeping the conversation on track in that line. Cause it's so easy to be derailed to think that our beliefs are not uh, beholden to this understanding of objective versus subjective. Yeah, it's a good point. And I think, um, you know, at this point in the day, I've had, you know, more, many of these conversations and I'm, it's some point, some point I just want to like, can we just agree that there's an objective truth and just move on with things? Right. I just like to really want to say like, come on, you know, with, with the popcorn, come on, come on. We can, we can do this. Right. Let's, but then we can really have some move on to the belief, but that's, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of pushing it a little bit. I don't know if you guys have ever that experience, just kind of pushing it so we can kind of get there even though that might not be the best manner to go. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, rowing I, I, back to objective. Oh man. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's why it's not really about whatever belief we're talking about. It's the underlying reasons, the validity, the soundness of the reasons, and then the, you know, the reliability of the, of the epistemology, the methods for those reasons. So it's like, whatever you're talking about, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're getting hung up on objective truth, just stay there because that's the first step you need to. Go yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right, here we go. Yeah. In your belief about dragons, is there a test that we could do to know that if your belief is true, if it's true, or no, if it's not true to know that too? Is there a test that we could employ? If there is one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the answer to that. I can say that I don't know of one. If your belief was not true, is there a way we could find that out? 
Again, I wouldn't have the answer to that. Is it useful to believe in anything, anything at all, that can't be shown to be false, if it's false? I'm not saying it's false, but if it's false. If you can't show your belief is false, if it's false, then how do you really know that it's true? Well, that's the whole concept of belief. Belief doesn't always require the truth to be shown. There's a lot of people that believe in stuff that their world would crumble if their belief was proven otherwise. A lot of belief is blind, and that's why one of the reasons I have a, a big problem with religion is because you're, you're not allowed, majority of the time, with religious doctrine, you're not allowed to question. You just have to accept and believe. You can't have an open mind that will allow you to change that belief. You're either all in or all out. So help me out for one second. Okay, okay. Go ahead. So, okay, so this is number 17 on the survey. And what I'm fascinated with is the, the way that we can ask, like, different ways to ask questions about this. Um, and the way that you do it is kind of, it reminds me of the way that I've been asking about it, but you simplify it to something much easier to understand. Um, I'm not saying this is false. Well, first of all, number 17 on the survey is someone is justified in their beliefs until they're proven wrong. And you ask this beautifully. You say, I'm not saying that this is false, but if it's false, uh, and maybe we should redact, redact the word, but maybe it would be better. Yeah. Maybe we can improve it by not saying that. But maybe if we said like, I'm not saying that it's false. However, if it happens to be false, uh, how could we really know that it's true? Or you say something to that effect. Um, yeah. I I've like always the way presented Mark it. says it. It's simpler than the way I've managed. And it says it clearer. Not yeah, how do you usually say it, Dolly? Or how do you ask questions about that? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I include words like falsifiability and uh, uh, being able to prove a thing to be incorrect. And if you can't have knowledge about it. My mind's much longer and flowerier, has bigger longer words. <laughs> yeah. What do you say, Reed? I, I have said in the in the past, you know, I'm not saying this is false, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you know, and we were just working on the SE course about building rapport. And there's one part about sincerity, and we figured, you know, it became very obvious to us that there is a trade-off between sincerity and rapport. And the, I'm not saying it's false is not really sincere, uh, technically, it, because mm. um, interesting. So, so maybe there's a better okay. way to say this. Well, you, wow. you're bringing up a good point. Uh, you're bring, so I'm, I'm going to be honest here. You're bringing up a really good point that sometimes part of my technique is to, I don't want to say play dumb. Because I'm not really doing that, but I'm I'm playing like I don't. It's Socratic, it, it's Socratic irony. It is kind of a playing dumb, yeah, basically. And I and I'm not doing it because you could say I'm not telling you that it's false. Maybe that's yeah. different. Like you can believe that it's false, and and then s suggest. I don't know. This is like a fine line. So my way if of doing I say, it I'm not like, saying it's false. I, I'm just simply saying, I, I'm not saying what my position is. I'm just telling yeah. you, I'm not going to tell you. Regardless of what oh, my I, position is on this. I like that. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe that okay, is. that's a way. I'm not telling you that it's false. Yeah. I like 
for them to fish. Yeah, I'm not asserting. I'm not trying to uh, so push like, in that it's false. Yeah, that's nah, not even. I point. would, I would ask: Is there some mythological creature in which you do think is false? Something that they can that is familiar to the claim, but something that would be outside of their Venn diagram about true things. Maybe they say leprechauns. Maybe they say mermaids. If they Mm -hmm. say something and suggest something that they believe is false, we can then might have to translate out mythological because that's presumptive. Sure. Uh, If you assert that it's mythological, now you've now you've said dragons don't exist. So talk about other things you believe in that don't exist. It's like I'm asking for something false. So. Yeah, I want to. I don't want. Okay. I don't want to walk on too many eggshells. Other, you know, <laughs> other creatures that people aren't sure about that are true or false. You know, yeah, are there might, unicorns? Yeah. Are there centaurs? Are there? You know, it, I think sure. I might have mentioned unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though yeah, I want my right. conversation partner to pick something they think is false, and that's so always better. Yeah. I want us to agree that there is a thing that's false. Once we do that, we can then set up the outsider test. Now, now that we agree this thing is false, uh, imagine someone believes that it's true on the grounds that, or maybe in despite of the fact that you can't show it that not to be there. You can't show that it's not there. (laughs) And that's what's making them confident in it. Right. Um, right. What do you think about their situation? And you can just leave it really open and hear what they have to say. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think I suggest something that I think is blatantly false, but he may or may not. And it's just easier to have him generate that example. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. This interview is fire. This is, this interview is so good. Okay. I'm ready. Look, we can, let's keep going. I asked you in the beginning, I said, how confident are you that your belief is true? And it was a seven. And then I asked you, how important is it for you to believe in true things? And that was a seven. And so, but I think what you're telling me now is that that having the belief is important, but it doesn't necessarily have to be true. To me, it does. If someone was able to prove that that the whole everything about a dragon was always in everyone's mind, it was always imaginary, it was made up throughout every culture, cultures that never even had an influence upon the other. If someone was able to prove to me beyond a reasonable doubt, then I would change my belief systems because that would negate my belief because it is important for me to believe in truth. But if I have no way to prove it, then I just have to believe and try to prove it any way I can until it's proven otherwise or I feel otherwise bad. Is that evidence a higher or lower standard than the bones of Jesus with DNA evidence to prove that it's not a a swap out? pretty comparable somebody has to prove that every instance of a dragon is a figment of imagination throughout every culture throughout history right this is one of those places where it's easy to get sucked into you know talking about evidence of dragons and cultures and things like that and not stay where we need to stay and uh and that happens yeah yeah, that 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 is an extreme, extremely rigorous hypothetical. That's that's some data that would be very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But and I'm flexible. And again, I'm not saying your belief is not true. What I'm saying is, is if it wasn't true, is there a straightforward way to discover that truth? Not that I know of. And this, I asked this question I guess I, before. I asked the same question several times to see if he's going to, you know, if, if, if there's any movement, if he's going to kind of change the way he thinks about it. So, mm-hmm. thought you were asking. So when I say it's true for me to believe in truth, right? It's important for me to believe in true things. But yet I'm sitting here saying I believe in something that can't be proven how does that, it sounds like a dichotomy, but it's really not because as long as you sit with an open mind and you're willing to, you're willing, well, you're willing to be open to the contrary, basically. That's where, that's where you have the extremism of religious fanatics, because even if you can prove there's a, a you know, a, uh, you can poke a hole in their theory, it, to them, they're, they're so closed-minded, it doesn't matter. It is the way it is. Uh, you know, you, they don't hear you. So with your, with your belief about dragons, if someone could show you, to your satisfaction, of course, give you evidence that there doesn't seem to be evidence that dragons exist. I don't know, something like that. If they could prove to me otherwise. If, if they, they could, could prove, prove to, to me otherwise. they didn't exist, then I would have to accept that because it, to me it was proof that I need it. I'm, I'm open to, to say I'm wrong. That's, I, I guess it's the bottom line. I'm open to change and say, you know what? You're right. Yeah. There's finding evidence to disprove. There's also just realizing the evidence you have is not sufficient to meet whatever confidence you're at and just doubt that evidence, doubt those reasons enough to get you back down to a lower confidence. Can you say that again? Yeah. That sounds good. Like if you just, if you get examples of what he has as evidence or reasons for believing in dragons and you just clarify what those are and figure out that those are not really good reasons, whatever they are potentially, yeah, and and just doubt that evidence as being sufficient to me to, to get to whatever confidence he has for that claim. That's another way to shift your confidence down. It's like, you don't need positive, evidence of it's of it being false you just need to doubt your current evidence that it's true as well and that's another one yeah it's like a null null hypothesis is that what that is essentially it's like how do we yeah ask questions proportioning about your confidence to your to your actual evidence mm-hmm. yeah right and it gets more to the central claim to a central claim um yeah that's good Maybe a good question to illuminate that would be if you discovered that there was no good evidence to your satisfaction, would that be enough or sufficient to drop you? Or would you need positive evidence to the contrary? Right. So I think the difficulty I had here is I'm trying not to set it up like if someone could show you that because you can't show somebody that dragons don't exist. Yeah, (laughs) right. That's 17. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to ask a, a question help me formulate a question to ask him to design the to best way help him lower his confidence in the belief if it is to be lowered in that sense now that you know what you know about the belief this is where i think outsider tests are so helpful um with other people 
um, and agreeing about something that's false before going in or like in the middle of the interview has always helped me out. I feel like you don't need to do that though. Cause you're really good at just staying on track with objectivity and how he knows it with evidence. And this is a particularly short interview, uh, though yeah. it, it just goes so well. Um, yeah, that's all I would say on that. Is it possible to show someone that something doesn't exist? If it doesn't. I think you can lead them to it, but they have to see it for themselves. And I would say it depends on what the claim is that you're saying it does not exist and does not exist where, like in all of the universe or in like in one's very specific, you know, portion of the universe, like, like a trunk of a car or, you know, it depends on what you're claiming doesn't exist where and when. Right. Like with mermaids, do you need to scan all of the square footage of all of the world's oceans before we're satisfied? that there are no mermaids there? Like, do we need perfect knowledge of that? If it's not in a defined place and there's nowhere to look, then yeah. could we be stuck yeah, those, believing they, that it's the case? Yeah. Those kinds of claims would become reasonable to ask if we had the technology to survey whatever, you know, whatever we're trying to figure out a thing doesn't exist in wherever. Like if we had the technology to survey the entire solar system for teapots, then we could say <laughs> there's no teapots in the universe in the, in the solar system. So, and that's what just, actually what I had in my mind is the teapot, yeah. right? When I was at, yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. That that's just because we have the, we lack the practical way to test the claim, so we just pragmatically say, okay, we there's no way to know that practically, so let's just at this point say no, it doesn't exist. But if we had the way to do it, then we could just do it and figure that out. Yeah. So you're saying that, is that question not? Does that, be, that doesn't make that, logic. Is that, that not a, a just, logical statement to make? Then is like it. It just depends on what you're asking. Doesn't exist where and when. Like exist anywhere at any time. That's a bigger <laughs> claim. Yeah. Than like in this very specific small place you know and very specified what doesn't exist like is there a yeah. body in this in my in the trunk of my car right now right now um <laughs> is it we could i could go check and 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 say it doesn't exist so, there'll be right. a body in the future yeah so yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> so that right. that's I, yeah yeah depends on what you're asking doesn't exist yeah yeah mm -hmm. By, uh, by the way, I score that question very highly because it got at least one and a half doses of aporia. True, true. Yeah, there was a pause. It was very good. Oh, right. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? You, you can give them all the, the facts and you can give them everything, but for you to show them, if they're not willing to accept it, they're not going to see it. So you can't show it to them, but they have to accept it. So really, they're they're kind of showing it to themselves, if that makes sense. Just like I can't make you do something, I can't I can't make you stop smoking. But well, for example, let's say I believe in unicorns. For I mean, just an example. Sure, you have every right to believe in unicorns. That's fine. <laughs> sure. 
And if unicorns did not exist, I'm trying to think how I could show myself they didn't exist if they didn't exist. And by do not exist, you mean do not exist anywhere on earth at this at this point in time right now or yeah. any time in the past. I see. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. If you said, I don't think, you know, unicorns exist in my backyard right now. Right. You could say that and just look. Uh, and there you go. You could, yeah, anyway. Yep. How do you show the absence of something? How could you show me that unicorns don't exist if they don't exist? How could you help me, help show me that? You really can't. You really can't. Because there's, there's so many, I mean, it's the unknown. You can't prove the unknown. Because even if they don't exist in this dimension, in this realm, in this time, in this space, who's to say they don't exist in another dimension, another realm, another time, or another space? I think now he's, he's, uh, he's on here, Reed. <laughs> now he's adding a lot more places that could potentially have it. So, right. so that's an even bigger burden to try to like falsify. So, wow. You know, just because we can't see it here in front of us in this very room doesn't mean it doesn't exist in New Delhi, India, or 10 million years ago, or on another planet halfway across the solar system, galaxy. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. How do you prove that? You can't. You can't prove the unknown. So when is the time to believe a claim like that? that was, that's what you would ask next? Yeah, that's, is that on the survey, uh, Nathan? <laughs> When is that? Well, there's a, the whole section when we should believe, and that's where 17, 17 which is the um, if something's not there uh, and we think that it's there, uh, but we don't know where to look, there is that 17. Someone is justified in their beliefs until they're proven wrong. Yeah, and this is that's the, this under the when we should believe yeah. section. This is what he's using to believe in dragons, right? Or, you know, or that's whatever. what I'm hearing. I'm hearing you yeah. can't show that it's not there. So I'm justified right. to say that so, so he has some small indication that it's true and zero way to know that it's not. So he has taken that all the way to a perfect confidence. So that that you, you that's encapsulated perfectly. So yes, thanks, Dolly. So then, knowing what we know, you know what what line of questioning would you get to help him see that is what's happening? At this point, do you think? Outsider test. Name something that you think isn't true, that someone else thinks is true. Um, yeah. And despite the fact that it's false, they're saying that it's there because you can't show them that it's not there. Right. Um, my question would be for, for that person, this hypothetical person, would they be stuck believing it's true forever? doomed forever to believe that it's the case hmm. even though it's not the case um so that's I mean, you definitely yeah. want to do, present it more gently when i do this with right. friends <laughs> i'm a little more aggressive when i'm doing it with strangers I'm, i try to keep it really really light because i find that when i do the survey the number 17 is seems to be the most impactful in getting somebody to really reflect and think and and try to bring clarity to their beliefs more so than almost all other of the numbers combined it's like 
except for maybe number one, which is like, what is the nature of truth? And number 18, which is right after this. Uh, yeah, a statement is true and it corresponds. And number 18, which is how much they care whether or not their beliefs are true, essentially. Um, there's a lot of, yeah, anyway. No, no, um, I, I think- Outside uh, would be what I would do. And I really like how you put that. I mean, in maybe a gentler way, but are you doomed forever to believe in this? I mean, it kind of yeah. Stunning. Would you be stuck? It's, like, it's stunning be... to ask that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. It's like would you be thing. wrong indefinitely, without any way of knowing that it's false? Yeah. Doug Pine Creek says, you know, once it gets to this level of like justification, he sometimes says says questions like, "Does it bother you?" Dot dot dot. And this is one of the things you could say you could ask: Does it bother you that you could potentially be stuck believing something that's not true for the rest of your life? Wow. That's, if anyone's listening to this good. and they have their own favorite question, mm -hmm. I'd love to see it in the comment section because yeah. this is like this, this is something that comes up time and time again. And there, maybe there's a good answer for it. I'd love to hear the exception to the rule um, mm -hmm. and how to ask questions about what could be the exception of the rule. Are there presuppositions that cannot and under any circumstances ever show be shown to be false? And if so, when's the time to just accept these as presuppositions uh, that could never be tested, that could never be shown not to be there? Um, I can think of a couple, but like I want them to be as few and far in between as any. Like I, I want to be have that be the smallest part part of my belief system. Um, yeah, uh, That's a good way I want to be cautious. Too. Yeah. Right, I presuppose yeah. that I'm experiencing this right now, and I can't show that to be false. This just is. It's just happening. Uh, and I later, later that. on, outside of this, I'd love to argue with you and claim that I have zero. That I'm that I'm existing. You want to? You want to? No, you I have. Debate? I think I have zero. Uh, I think I have I think legit I epistemology with zero precepts. Wow. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about works. that later. Yeah. yeah, how do you know if your to. beliefs are truly objective? We'll be on All the right, Discord. <laughs> Join us on the SE Discord. We'll we'll hash that out. <laughs> All right. So that was one of two. And uh, anything else about that one? Uh, no, I think that's um, that was tremendously helpful, guys. That's really it. Really made me think about uh, how to because um, that kind of ended there, and I didn't. I think it probably ended there because I didn't know where to go from there. Honestly. Just because I was, I think my yeah. favorite part about that whole interview is your cadence and delivery. Your questions have a rhythm to them that pause between the words in such a way as the person hearing them can fully receive them. Uh, and I, one thing I like so much about your podcast is that I've been hungry for long form interviews for so long. That's one of the reasons why I started my my own channel because I wanted longer deep dives into yeah. like real core issues. And some of your, your episodes are really long. Like um, the one about uh, um, Zen Buddhism. Oh yeah, man. That one. Nom, yeah, nom, 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 nom. I just ate up that interview. Oh, cool. oh so good. I, don't, I know nothing about Zen Buddhism. That was just, yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Well, the, <laughs> the less, you know, going into <laughs> yeah, it, know, well, the more effective the SE is, you know? know, cause you can, you can ask honestly, like, I don't know this, right. like help me learn. Yes. Yeah. And I, cause before I interviewed him, I, I've been told that Zen Buddhism is, if you're a, 
practice street epistemology or if you're an atheist or that's, you know, in most in line of those kinds of things. And I was kind of surprised when it, at least for him, when it wasn't, but that's a different episode. So. All right. Here's number two. It's direct experience is your best guide, really. You are listening to Being Reasonable. By the I way, anyone believe listening that to this, that's episode 48. Did. The one that, we just listened to. I believe. I'm pretty that sure that's, I'm pretty sure, 48. pretty sure that's episode 48. Yeah. And this is yeah, 47. Yeah, the whole episode's great. Yeah. Same conference. Okay. Recycled in some way after we die? I wouldn't say necessarily reincarnation, but I believe that when you die, you have the choice to maybe relive your life or go on and, and do something different after you die. Because to me, the, the idea of a, of, a, of a perfect heaven, it seems like it would get boring. In either direction you go, if you, if you were to go to a heaven, if you were to go to, to hell, I think an eternity in that situation would be a little difficult to, to, uh, to handle, for me at least. So another, another reason why I kind of believe in it is because I have very um, vivid dreams and so for me, like I've had some dreams about <laughs> what happens after we die and that kind of stuff. And they were very uh, vivid to me. And uh, it sounds silly, but I think when you die, I, I do think that you have a choice to, to make some, to either get recycled or to be reincarnated or to do something different. Okay. To restate the belief back to you, and I'm gonna to try to do it in a shorter form. Sure. The belief is, is that you believe that we survive our deaths. Yes when we die yes and how we do that seems to be a choice yes on a scale from one to seven how confident are you that this belief is true uh, i would say a four <laughs> about a four so more confident than not but not extremely confident right on a scale from one to seven how important is it for you to believe in things that are true about a, I, mean, uh, I guess our meaning around a four i guess because for me like to make it even more maybe potentially um effective for that second question it's like things like this like you know claims like this similar in the same category maybe maybe not he said huh, interesting it, like say the say the whole question. So I just like how would you? Um, let's, let's go back for a second. How did you ask it? A scale from one to seven. How important is it for you to believe in things that are true? Like this, maybe not. Like this, things that are true. Like this, and what? Tell me the reason. Just, I don't know, because it like depending on what the claim is, like there could be exceptions to that that are more obvious. But like when it's stuff like this, then uh, maybe not. Maybe but, maybe what you're thinking about, Reed, is um, is this belief a a belief that is either true or false? Maybe. It's just like, is it either the case or not the case? Sometimes I'm, I'm hearing people say they believe something and they also care that their beliefs are true, though they have an exception for this particular belief being 
in that dichotomy of true or false. Maybe they think that it's that it's unbeholden to that. It's some other thing. It's some other, uh, uh, like an opinion. Like people are often confusing opinions and claims about reality. Yeah. So maybe that would be a good, is that maybe what you were thinking? It's just, I know psychologically people partition beliefs based on, you know, stuff that's not tied to their identity, stuff that's not emotional for them and stuff mm. that is core to their identity and like being a good person. Um, maybe they don't care so much about those core things that are true sometimes. But so, typically when someone says a four, that's not, are you saying that that's not tied to their identity? It could be about emotions. Uh, it could be about fear of dying, fear of death. And, uh, but uh, anyway, but you just ignore that for now. I'll, I'll think about that. Hmm. All right, here we go. About a, I, mean, uh, I guess I'm meaning around a four, I guess. Because for me, like, I always took things with a grain of salt. And I've had major surgeries where you get put under anesthesia and you don't, you just, you're one, one minute you're there and one minute you're not. There is no in-between state. So I, I, my gut, I would like to believe that there's something else after we die rather than just be, it be nothing. I would have yeah. asked a question like, is there an in-between state? To <laughs> say, say it again. Like, have you ever, like, is there an in-between state? Like, have you ever been dozing off? Have huh. you ever been really drunk? Have you ever been in an altered state of consciousness that was not what you would consider to be in the state that you're in now, but also not in the state of being asleep? This is like, I don't know, a tangent. Because you're not really trying to go down that road, but just yeah, no, a cool. thought that occurred. Yeah. yeah. Believe a belief is true. How does that have a relationship to what is true well huh, that's a difficult question i think uh so you're you you're wanting to believe but you also want it to be true is that what you're asking me i think you said that you want it to be true yes and i was asking what is the relationship between wanting something to be true and that thing being actually true well these types of questions get to you know fallacies of inference without you know just saying that's a that's a fallacy that's stupid <laughs> you can you can have <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, well, man. because a b because a causes b does that mean that b causes a basically it, it, well yeah and it's just appeal to consequences kind of um what is the exact fallacy for it, it's just appeal to what is it wanting to believe it's true? It's, I don't know. Right. I feel the yeah, most awkward. Yeah, that's more. That's what I mean to say. Yeah. Right. Well. Right. I feel deeply uncomfortable whenever number 18 on the survey is being challenged. Whenever right. somebody says, you know, that they they think the truth isn't important to them. I feel uncomfortable challenging that with questions because I feel like the only way I can really get leverage on that understanding is outsider tests. And that is a really uncomfortable outsider test to lay out. If somebody 
else comes here and they say they don't care that much whether or not their yeah. belief is true and suddenly we're butting heads on something because of it maybe they think Do you like anthony's bank so, teller bank teller uh yeah, anthony uses a, a would you be okay if you went to the went went to the bank teller and oh they yeah said, yeah it's my truth that this fifty dollars is five dollars right right or the or even better the water bottle where somebody says we talked about this last week but it was like oh this is my water bottle and anthony just says well it's my truth that it's my water bottle and just takes it <laughs> oh that's so naughty i love it yeah. I, think, I think it's just it's a kind of reasoning that explicitly admits your it's a motivated type of reasoning it's it's confirmation bias like yeah it's so hard to, it's so hard to talk about it's so hard uh anthony thinks that it's not hard i feel uncomfortable because I don't know how to not argue the point. So I'm trying to stay in the SE mode and ask questions. And I, I feel like a deep burning desire to argue it. <laughs> so it's hard. Anyway, we can go on forever. So let's just keep going, I guess. All right. I guess for, for me, the question is, is like, what what is really true? How do you know which religion or which thought after life is the, actually the true one to to follow there is no actual evidence for me uh you know people are always looking for evidence of things and the only evidence i have is my dreams if you can even call that evidence if someone asks you what is the best evidence you have for your belief being true it's vivid dreams yes right that's the only real thing that i have to go on to make me think that something else exists after we die there are there are other you know personal occurrences like uh you can call them paranormal stuff that maybe kind of makes me lean that there's something after death but for me like my dreams are the only ones that, that gives me clear evidence that something is true or not as far as like during afterlife okay so that's the reasoning vivid dreams how it probably has like is it possible for someone to dream that something is the case or will be the case and that thing actually not turn out to be the case or not not likely to be the case something like that we'll see what happens i didn't listen to this one yeah that's a good question yeah we'll good. let's suppose that i believe that buddy holly who died now through some supernatural reason that i can't really explain he's a god now and the reason why i know that he's a god now a literal god is because i've had intense dreams of him being a god well what does that say about buddy holly and whether he is a god let's say i believe if you believe that it's true and it's not hurting anybody or causing harm to anybody else that it doesn't really matter if you want to believe buddy holly is is now a god and you don't have any tangible proof for that and you're not harming anybody and it makes you happy to believe that, then go ahead. I think also human beings have a way of, of giving something that's maybe not true empowerment and therefore making it true. <clears throat> For example, if everybody believed that the Greek gods still existed and it gave them comfort and all that kind of stuff, I believe now that those Greek gods exist for them. I may not believe that the Greek gods exist, but for them, it does. That's yeah. 15 on the survey right there. 
Yeah. Another, there is a slight distinction between comforting to yourself or just not be able, not causing harm to others. Maybe I prefer the latter. Maybe not. Yeah. To me, they're, they're wrapped together. Um, and maybe it's inappropriate to wrap, uh, them together. Um, something that I believe this because it is comforting to me versus I believe because it doesn't harm anyone else though. When I hear it psychologically in my head, like I'm hearing the same kind of reasoning that it's it not about the truth of it. It's about how good it is to be believing in it. Um, and they're connected in this way because it's good for me uh, and doesn't harm others. So therefore my confidence is staying where it is or going up. Um, that's another outsider test scenario for me. Uh, and you did a great job. You did an outsider test with Buddy Holly. Although <laughs> Buddy Holly, man, I, uh, you do the Buddy Holly example a lot. And I wonder I if it, if it flies past some people. Well, uh, there's one person, there's a one younger woman who had no idea who Buddy Holly was. And cause she was probably in her early twenties and, so I had to come up with another example. And I, the only reason why I use Buddy Holly is because I just use some, some musician that no one really has any feeling about. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's fine, but you know what I mean? Like, sure, you know, sure. Right, it's right. neutral. <laughs> right, right. It's neutral, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I try to ask them to come up with an example so that way I can disown the example completely or do my best to. But I've found myself in dangerous predicaments when doing that. Like I've uh, asked somebody else to bring up an example and then they've come up with something else that was like something they've come up with something that is true, <laughs> but they think it's false. Oh, and that's really? always a tough spot to be in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where do you go from there? <laughs> okay. You pass by a tub of popcorn yes. over there. In that tub, there is an even or odd number of popcorn kernels. I don't know what the truth is. Presumably, you don't know what the truth is. But I'm thinking that there is an answer, an objective, universal truth there that doesn't matter what I believe and that it doesn't matter what you believe. Well, if it's kind of like the, I don't know what the name of it, the cat in the box idea that in one state it is alive in one state, once you open it, cat. Uh -huh. it's, it's dead. So since you and I, unless we count every individual corn, mm -hmm. piece of you know popcorn, uh, we would find the answer. But if we didn't want to do that, and you thought it was even, mm -hmm. and I thought it was odd, then it's reasonable to say that it exists in both states. So there are both an even and odd number of popcorn kernels in that tub. Yeah. What does us counting the kernels have anything to do with how many kernels there are? For example, would there be the same number of kernels in that popcorn tub, whether we even existed or not? I mean, yes. I mean, yes. I mean, to me, like the problem, the issue starts to get is like if someone physically counted the, the, the pieces of popcorn and said, well, no, now it's uh, it's seven kernel, you know, seven pieces of popcorn. And I was like, well, I always thought it was six. 
So I would have to, like, for me personally, I'm a, I would like to think I'm a reasonable person. I would have to change my views a little bit and be like, okay, no, it's, it's seven. I've been kind of wrong. I need to change my views. If we didn't exist at all and nobody was there to count the pieces of popcorn, then I still think it would exist in two different states. One being that it would be an odd number and one would be, it would be an even number. So you're saying that math only works if we exist? Yeah, well, math is kind of a, I wouldn't say it's a human concept. I mean, math is unique in that it's the only universal language that, you know, the entire world agrees upon. Yeah, I'm just trying to understand how our existence affects how many popcorn kernels there are in that tub. That's what I'm just trying to well, put my head in my, in my logical mind, I'm thinking like, well, nobody made the popcorn, so therefore the popcorn never existed if human beings didn't exist. Well, but in this hypothetical yeah, question... It's, a, it's hypothetical. <laughs> right. In yeah. this hypothetical question, it doesn't, really. There could be... It doesn't matter how many pieces of popcorn are in there if we don't exist. It doesn't matter, but I want to know what's true. Well, again, I, I would think that the the pieces of popcorn exist in you said i don't want to i want to yeah 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 and ideally like like for people who want to be reasonable does it matter the actual case of that there the is popcorn? no i there yeah. is no yeah. i in an se interview <laughs> the it's i is we. the illusion <laughs> yeah. it's all we yeah uh a good question could be is math describing what's there I should use the word physics. Well, I mean physics when I say math. I mean, what I'm saying, like, why does math only work if we exist? I mean, it makes more sense if I say, in a sense, physics, because... Right. There's, like, an interpreter involved. So I would yeah. I, I would try to illuminate what the, what the math is doing. Is the math describing what's there? Well, I, and I honestly don't... I, I'm genuinely confused. I mean, I'm just trying to understand how he's <laughs> you know, exploring but, the idea. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think we've all talked with people who bring up Schrodinger's cat, you know, maybe 20, all of us have heard it maybe 20 times. I mean, you know, it just, it right. comes up when, that, but it, it means different that things. That's a double slow experiment. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, the the, the tic-tac test, the objective truth test, popcorn test, it's all about having something that allows us to resolve conflict uh like it, it this stands in for like a, anything that we have conflict about that we think is the case or not the case and if we can do this for the you know for tic tacs or pieces of popcorn we have hope to resolve differences in our lives so like well said yeah so, so if if we can't do that for tic tacs or popcorn there's no hope there's no, right. yeah. there's no, there's Never no really, use to talk to anybody about anything. Never really thought about it that way. Yeah. If we can't resolve something's just so, you know, just so, so outsider, you know, just as no, no emotions whatsoever involved. And yeah, that's true. People who are really gung ho on rejecting objective truth. Typically quibble over the kernels and the, and the specks of dust from the, um, from the uh, popcorn or whatever. Yeah, that's, Though, just, that's just word games. 
that is the reference point we're talking about. We're, we're asking like, is there a reference point with which we're using language to articulate, to describe it? Uh, and so it could, we could quibble all day about the criteria for considering something even or odd, but the point is, isn't there a thing there or some number of things? What do you um, think about some what, number of fundamentals that are making up that area? Yeah. Um, what do you think about Jonathan? If we line them all up, will one, will they all be paired up or will it be one left over? That is the observation that we can, anyone can test for yeah. any set of objects. And you do a really good job at avoiding those, those potholes when you refer to your chickens. When you yeah. say, I have a certain number of chickens in my backyard. Now, maybe they'll quibble over how big your backyard is or something like that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've no, had eggs and right. <laughs> yeah, eggs and <laughs> I, I, I think if we if somebody uh, if we talk about people or mm. the number of people in a room that might help resolve somebody who's quibbling over the specks of dust of, of the Tic Tacs or whatever. What do you think about Jonathan's on the side there sidebar? How he describes the comments? Math, you know how we're describing math. Yeah. Um, this one is a language yeah, yeah. to describe, probably. Right? That's a language, yep. probably the most accurate language we have, but it's still language, therefore representational. Let's say an accurate yeah. fiction, right. but I am a fictionalist when it comes to math. Mm -hmm. Really? So, so the old philosophical question as opposed to a Platonist, invented, yes. Then how, how, what's the way to talk about it then? How do we talk about, you know, I want to. I mean, the number that, two exists as a concept, and two things do exist. At yeah. least two things. Yeah. It's about our, the, what we mean when we use certain criteria, the criteria of a human being. Okay, so now how now that we agree about the criteria yeah. of a human being, once we can agree how on many the unit, people the are in this room, arithmetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and it's that agreeing that reasonableness comes into a tic-tac, a popcorn kernel. Right. Do you see it? It's this. It's this thing. Can we agree that yes. this thing is the thing we're counting? <laughs> right. And just once someone accepts it, that's there you go. Everything becomes possible. Or, or, or a lot more becomes possible in the world. <laughs> Understanding becomes possible. Yeah, there we go. Or if we misconstrue each other's understanding of what fits in the category at nauseum will never understand each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Okay. We're halfway. Let's keep going. Various states, so long as you believe in it. So if no one believes that no one's around to, to believe that the popcorn exists, it still exists on many different levels. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? You might have to clarify just a little. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you might have to clarify. Oh, I'm sure. trying to understand what you're saying. <laughs> uh, well, you're asking some really uh, difficult questions. Uh, you know that. You know, I, I think people do spend time thinking about these metaphorical questions. I, I myself, I always existed like thought of if, let's say, the Christian God does exist and Jesus did exist. Uh, or and then sometimes I question it. Well, where did he really? Does God really do, do does exist? And so I believe that for a lot of individuals who believe in Christianity, that God does exist, 
but also you can choose to not exist for like you can be in two states so it's kind of difficult as far, as far as the popcorn you want to know like does does believing that it exists if we're not here is that what you're asking maybe i should ask a broader question then is there such a thing as a universal objective truth or are all truths personal and and subjective i believe that all truths are personal i don't believe there is a, a, a one thing out there one religion is one that objectively true one universal mm -hmm. i must ask is that objectively true my brain what you just said <laughs> how right. does that work right exactly. how could that work is what you just said true like that that is um something i come up time and time again and i always forget to ask that question if somebody responds in that way so if someone asks someone says that all truths are personal and you say is that objectively true wow yeah that's interesting <laughs> mm -hmm. i like that so now we've got a problem if this isn't resolved there's no point in conversation about anything so we got to yeah. focus on that yeah that would be the follow-up question why should i be listening to you right now then if what you're saying is true to you and i might never have access to understanding it because what is true for you exists only in your universe and i'm separated from that then is there any hope for us to resolve a dispute of understanding about this issue if we were opposed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep are you willing to cooperate in contracts with people who disagree with you about what's true oh good one <laughs> nice yeah now the stakes are raised oh, yeah i'm yeah. raising the stakes to real to real world things yeah, sure i like that yeah. that's a great belief to probe the yes. limits probing that's the limits good. do i have that or is it yeah that's good yeah I remember aspect that. of how things are go i believe that because of our perceptions with our with our eyes and our ears mm -hmm. and things that we see and touch mm -hmm. that we go through the world in a personal state I think that some people can rely less on their what what they see with their eyes and hear what they with their ears and maybe they have a different view of 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 religion in the world and it, and how the universe works altogether but I think because the way that humans are built that naturally we take personal truths as what should be and all not only that but it, experiences that have happened to us personally and that we take those pieces and then we try to put them together and be like okay this this is what works for me this is how i understand the world if personal truths are true wouldn't that mean that everything is true yes so everything because is true what, what i yes because what i Dolly. um minor note negatively phrased questions wouldn't that mean would it really not, does right. presuppose or imply it's it's a negatively phrasing negatively phrasing a question usually means you are packing the answer into the question mm -hmm. with an indication of yeah. what I do that you all think the, time the answer too. should it's be hard. so yeah. I good, uh, point. good point I say it anything can that be starts done and you can get away with it and I say avoid negatively phrased questions basically it's really hard it just so yeah. just say and you got away with it, obviously. Everything is true. And yeah. Or or does that no. does that mean everything is true? Does that mean everything is true? Yeah. Maybe. Or would that mean everything is true? It's positively phrasing it. 
Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good point. I believe it's true to me what that person believes over there. Who am I to say like what he believes isn't true? For him, it for him exists. You're saying you don't want to offend somebody's. Who's to say? That's another phrase. The freaking building inspector. They get to say. <laughs> Someone says. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not just like offending. It's just for me a common acceptance that what they believe is. I may not believe myself, but for them it's true, and for me it's true. But what I believe is true. So whatever I believe in is true for me, and whatever they believe in is true for them. Therefore, both things exist at the same time. So both are true. Yes. A real-world example, we're living in the midst of a pandemic. Yes. A vaccine just came out. Yes. If half the country believes that the vaccine works and is effective and is important for all of us to take. Yes. And the other half of the country believes that the vaccine is dangerous and will kill you. Uh-huh. Those are two different diametrically opposed beliefs. Yes. Are both beliefs true? Well, so <laughs> I don't. So what, what I was speaking about was in regards to, to religion. But if you're talking uh -oh. about category error, that's the this oh, kind Reed was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That was fascinating. I thought and, when he said that I wasn't, I didn't see that coming. Right. So this is, is a little difficult because this example is a little less, um, it's a little bit more, what should we do? And a little less, what is the case? Uh, in terms oh, of I its grammar of understanding, like yeah. in my head, I'm uh, thinking like, what is the case versus what ought we do or what should we do? Yeah. Um, and I can see that being a risky question only because maybe they're a hard line on one on um, maybe uh, I don't know. I just, I would find that to be risky. Cause I, cause I have no idea what they think about this. Maybe they think this is uh, not an important question or I'm not sure. You like said in the prior yeah, no, that's what uh, Pine Creek would call it, and that's what apologists would call it. Is no, you've fallen upon a category error. If if I uh, if I say, did God sin when God did? That would be they they say, oh no, you have a category error. God can't this because category reasons. And and this person is saying, ah, but I was speaking about the kind of truth that is in fact subjective because I was speaking of normative truth. I was speaking of that which is about what should be done. How should we? Mm handle our ethics and moralities. I'm talking about religious truths. I'm not talking about right. factual truths. And mm -hmm. the first guy was saying true uh, works to good and bad. And I'm like, okay, that's not the kind of true we mean. The first guy said true equaled for good and bad. And I think in this case, uh, the interviewer saying uh, that these kind of true things that they are referring to are in the category of subjective, normative, moral, ethical, truths as opposed to factual if our goal is to win the game of chess is there a certain strategy we could use to win against our opponent is like kind of what i'm thinking of when i think of a should kind of question and when i'm thinking and, and an is kind of question is like 
there is this game of chess in front of us with a certain number of chess pieces. Yeah, that's a good example of, of yeah, keep bridging going with that one. between that subjective objective thing. Once you have a goal, there might be an objective right answer and mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah choosing the goal. If everyone in the United States didn't want themselves, their friends and family to suffer or die, and they believed, you know, the vaccines will kill them and their friends and family if they get the vaccine, should they get the vaccine? No. So, or if, right. or if they take the vaccine, they'll be li more likely to not suffer and die. Um, should you take the vaccine? And how would we know? Maybe, maybe something like that. Okay, I think I see. Yeah, we can have a whole hour discussion on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Keep going. That scientific, like for me, my short answer is I don't know. I don't think that one is more true than the other. So both are true. I know. I know that that. No, I don't. I don't believe both are true. Like the problem for me, the way that you would have evidence is people dying. So people, people will be, people are dying without a vaccine. So there's a test. We could find out how, what's yeah, true. Yes, there's a test and it's scientific and we can find out like, okay, yes, the vaccine's working. No, the vaccine is not working. As far as like religious views, because we have no tangible evidence that we can test, I'm saying that since there's no actual evidence as far as religion goes, that it's possible that both states exist at the same time. The great gods exist, the, the, the Buddha exists, all those exist, because we have no actual tangible evidence. Should we believe in anything where there's no evidence? No, because, oh, I mean, because it gives people hope. The issue it, it com comes down to is if that religion is harming other people or causing wars or if it's hurting another person. It's the, uh, the same idea that I have with, with sex. If, if a person wants to, whatever a person does with an extending adult behind closed doors and not hurting another person is fine because they're not hurting anybody else. I think the issue comes down to when it actually starts hurting uh, societies where like, for example, like the Jews get persecuted and wars have been started with the Christians and all kinds of stuff. In my vaccine, Example. The, I'm, I'm sorry, if I take a pencil and I drop it, it mm -hmm. didn't drop because of magical, magical force, it dropped because of science and we have evidence of gravity. Mm -hmm. So therefore, since we have tangible physical evidence, I would believe that it, science does exist and gravity does exist. It didn't just drop, it dropped because of a magical force. Vaccines have been proven to stop diseases and to make people more immune. And there's scientific evidence and data for that. And so the people who believe that it is harmful or dangerous, I, I mean, I used to date a, a lady who didn't believe in vaccination. And I had to, I tried to, to show her some YouTube videos and news reports and stuff like that to change her mind. And it was still difficult to change her mind that vaccines were not dangerous. Why uh, do you think it was difficult to change her mind? Because I think it was important because she didn't want to, she didn't, she felt guilty about being wrong. She, I think it was a, it was a, it was a shame thing that where she would feel like she was an idiot or she was dumb or something like that, admitting that it was that she was actually in the wrong. Back to your belief. 
if you happen to be incorrect about your belief, I'm not saying that you are, I'm just if you happen to be, would you be okay with it? Would I be what? Would you be okay with it? Yes. Yes, I think you. I think people, at least in today's society, need to be more flexible about being wrong and being accepting that they are wrong, and maybe perhaps they need to accept some other kind of view. I think today we have so many people in society who believe so much in one. They don't put themselves in other people's shoes. Here's and a good question. For me, even the the non-vaccination people, I try to put myself in their shoes. I'm a little confused. The question seemed to be about would it matter to you if you discovered for yourself if it was mistaken? And if you're saying, and therefore, would that be, and then I think what are you saying? An implication with that would be like he would change his mind about it if we discovered he was wrong. And that he yeah, that, I was going to say a good question would be if you find out you are wrong, because he said it's okay to be wrong. And I, you know, it's okay to. Uh, you know, we we have to be forgiving to ourselves when when we discover we are wrong. Though the question is that I would have would be, when you find out you are wrong, what's what do you do? Hmm. Do you just like do you just stay where you're at in your confidence level, or do you oh, do you yeah. drop the confidence? Yeah. What happens when you discover you're wrong? Hmm. Do you not care? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what's the process you go through? Do you, is this something that do you yeah. research? Do you yeah. exist? Do you, do you check with your pastor? Do you yeah, I didn't complete that. Check with your, your mentors, you know. Yeah, I, I think in that moment I saw an opening in the sense that he was, in effect, I suppose, doing some sort of SE with his girlfriend who didn't believe in vaccinations and I'm trying to, you know, okay, so you know what this is like and I'm trying to have him see that. And I, but that would, that Nathan's idea would have completed the, the thought. That's, that's good. Really good. And I can see why they're seeing evidence from maybe not reliable sources saying like, Oh my back, this vaccine killed my child. Or this vaccine caused this to my to my to my body. Um, so I can see it from their point of view. And even if I was wrong and vaccines were terrible and they kill, you know, they were really awful, I would have to admit that I was wrong and change my viewpoints. Back to your belief. Uh -huh. If you were wrong about your belief, and I'm not saying that you are, but if you were, how would or maybe if four on the scale is not the best spot to be for this belief, maybe, or or four is not the right. place where, where, or, where all reasonable people should be on the belief on that scale. And, and that's what I'm trying to, that's what I was trying to explain before. That's what I'm trying to actively change is I try to, mm -hmm. I'm kind of black and white when I talk about that. And you're, that's a more of a, a much more gentle, nuanced way to talk about a reduction yeah. of belief than, than the jettison of the belief. I also want to flip the yeah. polarity on on that uh, negative phrasing. If floor is not the best place, or is for the best place, yeah, there's a negative positive there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I teach to too much it. of this stuff, so I'm way picky on the basics, which is silly. But you know, here I am. Sure, sure. I'm stuck with no, it. No, no, no. It's, it's good. That. 
in order to discover if I was wrong or not, I would have to try and do a lot more self-discovery, such as reading books, talking to other people, seeing other religions, going to different uh, religious practices. I, you know, I've never walked into a synagogue. I've never uh, sat down and sp spoken to a Jewish gentleman. I've never gone okay. and talked to a Muslim. That's, and about that's actually very funny. Because <laughs> that's exactly what he was kind of doing. <laughs> so. He doesn't know what Solomon means. Oi. In our former life, right? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> their their faith, even with the 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 Wiccan or the paganism that's happening, you know, uh, my my thoughts on it is that that religion is still kind of new. So if you talk to a Muslim and this Muslim said to you things about the universe that resonated to your satisfaction, then you would no longer have potentially your belief. Right. I would probably change my view. If there was something that I totally didn't agree with, um, like I don't like, for example, the hardest part for me for religion is there are things in every religious aspect that I kind of don't agree with. And, uh, you know, a lot of Christian beliefs that, you know, being homosexual or gay is, is a sin and that person goes to hell for eternity. But that doesn't resonate with me. That bothers me a whole lot because I've had, you know, gay friends and, you know, they've been wonderful people and they actually had go to church themselves and have their own church. So for me, I can't necessarily just get on board with being, a, you know, that particular type of Christian when, you know, it doesn't resonate with me. How do you feel like this conversation went? Uh, well, I think it's a good conversation. I, um, you know, I, I don't, that's another thing I think that people are missing is today is like people just don't talk to each other physically. I think a lot of people just read stuff online, whether it's from a revenue, you know, a, a, a good news source or maybe a potentially bad news source, watching YouTube videos of, of, particular belief like a QAnon or something like that and not really talking to another individual um, you know my neighbor I'm not I'm not Democrat or Republican I'm not even independent I think they're both kind of crappy in their own ways but my uh, my neighbor is a is a Republican he's a Trump supporter uh, he's not a bad person but I tried to talk to him and get his side of things you know he used to work in the police force uh, he's under the the idea that trump was a good businessman but you know there's evidence that he's he's not uh, and i think a lot of these people are trying to latch on to something that will make them feel better and give them hope but it may be a false sense of hope now that you can say that's does that apply to his belief in an afterlife <laughs> He's the so scary close. thing about religion is that you can believe your entire life about a particular religion, it'd be wrong. When I asked you about truth being subjective, or rather truth being universal and objective, the way I think about it is that when truth is relative and subjective and personal, that the beliefs that you discussed and seem crazy to you, like QAnon, is still every bit as true as any other belief. And I see that getting us into trouble. What do you think? 
So part of the, my, my belief system is that there's a collective consciousness per se, and that if people believe in, enough in something that they could make it exist. You're saying by believing in something, you can make it exist. Yes, but the issue seven. I have with that is like, for me, I don't know, like, how am I gonna know if QAnon is actually real or not real? Well, how, will how I have to be a police officer that investigates that kind of uh, issues? Would I have to be some kind of um, CIA informant? Would I have to be uh, a, a party to that, that that kind of stuff? But if, if I never saw it, mm -hmm. I can't, me personally, I can't say QAnon doesn't exist. My heart says like maybe it probably does not exist, but. but it's, a great, it's a great question. If you wanted to know whether there was a pedophile ring in the basement of Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria in DC. Right. How could we go about finding out? You would have to have a investigative body that the majority of people trusted to go in there and do a non-biased investigation of that. But the problem, the issue is- So there's is a truth there. Either there's a pedophile ring in the bottom of or this there, pizza or, place or there's not. Or there's not. Yeah, there, there's, I'm going to say most likely at a, at a pizza place, there's going to be not. The First, is there a basement in the building? <laughs> yeah, there, there, actually, there actually isn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the issue when you come to that, like when I think about that situation, I'm not really thinking about if a pedophile ring exists or not. I think about that poor pizza guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, nobody else is really thinking about the poor pizza guy who's just running his own business and he gets kind of screwed in that situation. I think there are people who believe less with evidence and then there are people who believe more with evidence, such as, for example, like people who believe science more and then there's people who believe faith more. Like I have a, I have a, a mother-in-law who believes that the, the stuff happens and it's God's plan, right? And so stuff that happens, like she believes that we got Trump because it was God's plan. And in, in my head, I'm trying to think about, but there's no, there's no, there's no tangible evidence that I was, that was, you know, God's plan. In my mind, I'm just thinking it was a, it was a caught, it was caused by what Americans hold value and believe at the, at certain points in time. And she, again, she's not causing any harm that she believes that, you know, it was God's plan to make Trump president then whom I, who don't share the same belief, say that that's wrong, but it's not. You are a, what? A, a human being with rational faculties that can evaluate propositions and their relationship to the state of affairs of the world. That's how do you, you are. Well, how, ask that in SE style. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I mean are you a pacifist? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh. So, like, whenever you hear what somebody are the kinds in a conversation, things that you should, in fact, tell somebody about when you think they're wrong, you're about to step in front of a bus. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, right. there's lots of things where we definitely have a social obligation to uh, respond back, and where we do and where we don't kind of define a lot of uh, tribes. Hmm. Yeah, that. It's like, it's like he thinks there's a social convention of being polite to not question right. what people think is true, because you know, 
because it's virtuous to do that. A good good people don't do that. I think that's what he's saying. That's crazy to me. The the point on the survey that's disagreed with the least, or I guess, um, yeah, mo I guess people agree to it the least is number seven. Like I almost never see anyone ever disagree to this. Right. Some beliefs should never be questioned. Um, like I would imagine there's a good reason for us to be questioning things that aren't true if they're not true, right? I also want to question my true things so that I can uh, check with my if my epistemology still works. If I find things that are obviously true, but I can't come up with reasons to believe them, my epistemology needs adjustment. We're going to find an untrue belief of yours. I guarantee it. I'm sure of it. I, I am at least That's three sigma confident that, I, that there's important ones that I disagree, that, that I've got wrong. I just, you know, it's, it's the trend. Yeah. Here we go. I'm trying to be offensive. And my logical brain, I'm thinking to myself, is like, well, I can't really say that she's she's wrong. It could be God's plan. I have no evidence of that. As far as the pizza place goes, though, you can find evidence that there was a pedophile ring that was that existed underneath the you know the the pizza place. But they they do make it true in a sense. But there's ways to find out that it does not actually exist. What if somebody said the statement to you? I want to proportion how strongly I believe in something to the evidence available for that thing being true. They want to proportion their... So what if someone told you how strongly I believe in something yes. should be proportional to how much evidence there is for that thing being true and real well see that that's or ev or evidence for that thing being true or real so is that principle better than the n no harming principle maybe or we'll see all he says hmm. so that hmm. that's like the major conundrum that i have is is the the evidence of things um you know for me i don't really have a direct answer to your question but for me like i i want i'm a person that wants that wants to see evidence but i'm a little jealous of people who can find comfort in believing in a god and giving themselves over to a god and not having to worry so much i get it it's comforting mm -hmm. in the, in the I think, i had a catholic I think right there i think right there he's explaining his epistemology i mean i think that's he knows the importance of evidence he also wants to believe in things that make him more comfortable that's and, 15. and and there he that's the conflict he finds himself in he wants to so the only the baby uh, I can't actually remember how you questioned that, uh, or maybe you end the interview there. I'm not sure though. The only, the thing that I keep coming to is outsider tests and coming up with an outsider test in which that's the case. 
um, which I might have already explained earlier in this episode. So does anyone else have their preferred way to ask questions about number 15? Or if somebody says, I believe this because it brings me comfort and that's f just fine with me, what's your next question? Yeah, it sounds like he's using the simple egalitarian principle, all sincere persons' beliefs have equal claims to respect, and the humanitarian mm. principle, any of, the, any of the above, but with the condition that the first priority be to cause no hurt. The, that's what he's using, those two, I think. And what did you? What, How, what number did you just put up, Nathan? The uh, what you said? Uh, Reed did it, and thank you, Reed, for doing that. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's number fifteen on the survey. It's uh, it is okay to accept something as true because it is comforting. Yeah. And my way of questioning that, and maybe that's a good epistemology, right? Though, my question is, what do we do when there's a conflict? When one person and could it be that our, our conclusions from using 15 could lead to conflict? Or could our conclusions lead to other beliefs, which also come into conflict with other things? Or our conclusions could be related? Um, so my preferred way to do this is an outsider test. And I'm curious to know how, how uh, y'all would ask questions about somebody agreeing to this principle. Somebody says... Is it okay for me to accept something as true because it is comforting? What's your next question? Uh, Hitler probably thought it was comforting to believe that only Aryans could create nations. Okay, no, that was completely the wrong answer. Maybe a little tone it down, just a, <laughs> just a little <laughs> dialing it to eleven. The belief in an afterlife means nothing unless it's true that an afterlife exists. I don't want to lie to myself about a potential good thing that might happen to me. Mm. I, I want, I don't want to have illusion of control. I want to have actual control in my life. So, it depends on what I believe is gonna happen to me, or I'll, you know, if I'm looking forward to getting a million dollars next week, that could be comforting to me. But it it only is it should only be comforting if it's true. So, Mark, you have an excellent uh, thought experiment um, involving gold bullion. Oh yeah, yeah. I believe Can you remind me or refresh me on that. I believe, and I haven't checked, but I believe in my closet down the hall there is a closet full of gold bullion, and it makes me feel good. And because I have this cl closet full of gold bullion, I'm a nicer person. I treat my friends better. Um, I'm just an all-around nicer guy. Just ask anybody. But what does that say about the truth value of the belief? I think that's the, something like that. Yeah. 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 For anyone listening, I want to hear your response in the comments to 15. Like, just paste 15 uh, and then... Give me your question on how you would how you would question that if somebody yeah. were to using that as epistemology, what could you ask to believe them, or what could you ask to shed light on a particular problem? How to get out of that problem if fifteen could lead you into a problem? 
and I find it so fascinating because that's that's the crux. He's like he he really does believe that evidence is important until it runs up against right. the yeah. the comfort mm-hmm. and. It's um, is it okay to go on and being being comfortable with untrue beliefs in a vacuum, possibly, but we don't live in vacuums, so that's I think how I think about it. Here's yeah, a funny, funny example. I believe this will be at three thousand in twenty twenty five. That really makes me comfortable. And if it goes to zero, that would be really, really bad. So stock market would be very inconvenient. <laughs> so yeah. Reed, I, I have a question for you about yeah. evidence. Uh, yeah. Earlier, you you made a claim about um, bodies in your car. Would this kind of evidence <laughs> yeah. affect your uh, See, your confidence? There was a body, not in my trunk. <laughs> what the hell is that? In my trunk. Yeah. That's, That's Kimberly it. in his yeah. trunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kimberly, I don't. We. we Kimberly, my partner, Kimberly, uh, she okay, she okay, went into on his the way home to see if she would up a, fit. a booth, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sort of, yeah. We, we were we were moving some equipment around uh, for the booth, yeah, the, last disturbing. September or something. <laughs> we went to a Catholic church, oh, and uh, cool. All right, let's finish this. Finish this. Yep. Up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. And I'm not Catholic, but I went to her church, and there was a lot of ritual stuff involved in it lighting candles praying sure. singing and i can i can truly see how someone can find that really comforting absolutely so, so for me i wish i can get over the fact that i need to see evidence of everything but then again i don't want to believe in something that like vaccines are, are bad i can't fully give myself over to that belief because it doesn't agree with with with, with me i really get a good sense now how you see the world and i Appreciate it, really. <laughs> this has been a great conversation. I love having these conversations. Well, it's great, but it's a little frustrating for me to be to be honest. Um, these are know, my, these are difficult things to wrap your head around for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, knowledge frustration. If I wanted to believe that, like a cat was, you know, laying underneath this table over here, mm-hmm. and there was no physical evidence, and you don't see a cat, you don't believe a cat is underneath there because there's no evidence that a cat's there. Mm-hmm. But it gives me comfort that the cat's there. Then who cares? I believe that so long as so long as you're not actually hurting other people, I believe that you can you're allowed to believe whenever you want to believe. And that's why and that's why I asked you one of the first questions I asked you is how important is it for you to believe in things that are true? And on a scale from one to seven, you didn't say seven. You said four, and as far as I can tell, entirely consistent with that. With that, I got to think my answers are kind of confusing. <laughs> well, I really truly enjoyed this conversation, really. Well, I hope, I hope there's is, more people that probably. Uh, but no, this is really. That, that I'm have not more of a direct there, answer but. to your questions no, than no, I do because I, is, I really. I'm just confused nope. as everybody else. And I so much appreciate your honesty. I really do because it beats pretending you know something that you don't know. Yeah. So those, I, I really those don't. Are very direct answers. Very <laughs> you know, I, I would like to think that I'm intelligent, man, and I like science that I, I do enjoy. I think that's a little bit of a the sticking point for me in believing in something that maybe not ha- doesn't have evidence is that I always want to see evidence. And you meet these scientists, though, who, who uh, do believe in God and are Christians, and they believe that an atom exists because, you know, God put it there. The Big Bang happened because God pushed 
the the all the elements you know to cause that ex explosion. Um, well, I I really appreciate your seeking and what we're doing right now. Uh -huh. This is called street epistemology. Oh, is it? Okay. It's just a way of having a conversation about not a belief itself, but how we form beliefs. And is the way we form beliefs a reliable way to form beliefs? That's it. And the beautiful thing is that we're having a polite, friendly conversation about beliefs. And you don't even know what I believe, no. but we are able to converse and not get upset and that's why i do the podcast awesome. beautiful just so good like Thanks, man. really excellent work um and i'm addicted to your podcast being reasonable oh, i cannot believe i like met you to, and i was i didn't even know any about your content we we did a couple of reviews together and then just well, the other week, I was like, you know what? i think i'll listen to that it's because of dolly actually because dolly interviewed you and i listened to your interview with on dolly's channel and i was like you know what? i'm gonna listen to some of that content and i and then i just i think i'm nine you. episodes in well i, and I yeah, actually so learn a lot more listening to you guys because when i listen to you sometimes i do things and i'm not I do them because they kind of feel right in the moment and I'm not really sure why I'm doing it. And to help is really very helpful to when you exp you're explaining, you know, more of the sheer logic principle behind what it, you know, what's happening and it helps me clarify it in my own mind and hopefully it'll make me better. So I do appreciate it. Yeah. It's really helpful to listen to each other's content to see very much uh, some advantages um, and some things that I've learned some ways you've asked questions that I'm going to start applying to my own interview style. And uh, same goes for you, uh, Reed and Dolly, like same. Absolutely. Uh, the more I consume like SE media, the more I feel like I'm getting better at this and I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Uh, and but you just gotta keep trying, make mistakes, record yourself, put up content, do it again, and uh, that's why we're here to to listen to this stuff. Jay has a a comment here at the very bottom, uh, a question: Are there any other consequences to believing comforting things besides harm coming to others? Yes, hmm. it can distract you from real things if you believe a thing for bad reasons you're stuck believing the wrong thing some of the time. Yeah. Also, if I conclude something is true, can it inform other beliefs that I hold? And if so, how many? How many other beliefs are going to be influenced by this false thing? And if I'm concluding many other false things, due to the one false thing that I'm thinking. It's a good it's good. Could one those belief. lead to harm and conflict? Could mm -hmm. those other tangential ideas? Right. One belief can saturate yeah. lots of your beliefs. Yeah, we want to be like somewhat relaxed in our life. Like I don't want to go through life just being like, you know, I have to only be concerned with knowledge all the time. I want to have fun too and, and I want to uh, you know, I want to have hobbies and play and do things that don't involve knowledge necessarily or the truth. 
Though, doesn't this help us? <laughs> Isn't it beneficial to, uh, to at very least shed ourselves of ideas that we cannot know to be true? What do you think, yeah. Reed? <laughs> See you shifting I, in your seat. I mean, yeah, if you believe you are redeemed of your sin by Jesus' sacrifice and resurrection, uh, therefore getting you know access to heaven and an afterlife, that's comforting. And it could be beneficial for society if more people believe that because, you know, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And that is a way to uh, fix an evolutionary problem of like the prisoner's dilemma. Or it, it, it fixes some game theoretical problem game in society yeah. for conflict. And if a lot of people do that in your population, then that population is more likely to survive uh, because of the less conflict. And you can, so then, mm. so believing comforting things could be evolutionary beneficial, not only individually, but for large swaths of human populations. But, you know, do we want to be doing that really? So I'm going to ask your own question back to you, which would be like, what's the second best reason to turn the other cheek? Yeah. And whatever answers there is probably the real answer. <laughs> the answer. Yeah. Right. Because it, it's a reason it. why it'd be beneficial to turn the other cheek. Yeah. The second best reason. Yeah. It solves wicked pr problems and, you know, game theory problems. Mm. Pretty much. This has been so helpful, guys. Really. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I learned a, w I learned so much. And it, and it forces me to listen to my show, too, which I it's hard for me to do. And then, mm -hmm. and then yeah, yeah. And then it's really cool because, you know, at decision points, there's things you can do differently. And it's it's really good to have another other thoughts about how to how to approach you know where you are in a conversation well, your cadence your cadence is good and you're nice and slow and easy and your and your questions are really easy to wrap your head around so that's it took me a long time to get to that point um i'm still struggling with it <laughs> but yeah. thanks everybody that was awesome thanks. and keep up great. the good work mark yeah well, Thank we'll do more guys, reviews. Really. Subscribe yeah. to his to his uh, channel or podcast. And, and this channel, likewise, uh, did you start a new channel today? Did I start a channel? Oh yeah. Start? Well, yeah. If you'd like to go and watch nothing in there, you could. <laughs> right. no, there's a channel. You have up. a channel though. Yeah, there's a channel up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we'll, yeah. we're gonna. Well, get, I'll link. We'll, we'll link it to. We'll link it. It. we'll link it to this. Yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, we were going to live stream the channel, but there's a 24 hour block for new channels on YouTube. But next time we do a review, it'll be on his channel most likely. So subscribe yeah. over there. Yeah. Right. There. Right on. Right on. Cool. Thanks Good guys. Thanks again, everybody. Tune in next week. Thank you. Yep. Later. <laughs>